Welcome to the July 9th sermon from Clifford Baptist Church, 635 Fletcher's Level Road in Amherst. Today's scripture is Hebrews chapter 10, verses 19 through 25, and the sermon is entitled, A Call to Worship, delivered today by Pastor Jeffrey Campbell. I want you to grab your Bibles today and go to the book of Hebrews, Hebrews chapter number 10, and as you are turning there, I want to ask a question, and that is this, did you come expecting something? Did you bring a preparation of worship today? I pray that you did. Today, as we thank the choir for leading us, Pastor Tom for leading, Randy for playing, I want you to know that over here to my left, there's been an absence for about a month or so. Miss Barbara Clarkson has undergone surgery and she's recovering, but she has had a little stint in the hospital because she has been so weak and uh, nauseous from her surgery. So here's what I want to ask you to do. Number one, I want to ask that you pray for Barbara because without that organ, something seems missing without a, in our worship service. Pray for her to get stronger. And, and she just apologized this week of why she hasn't been at church. And I said, Miss Barbara, you take care of yourself. And we'll take care of the organ from there. So you pray for Barbara Clarkson. And if you have a chance, reach out and let her know that we miss her. Indeed, we do pray that she may be even watching today. As we think about this series and closing it all down of why things really matter. We've talked on different subjects including our family, uh, our church. And we are concluding with worship. And so today as we think about why worship matters... I have titled this message, A Simple Call to Worship. And that I believe the importance of worship and every aspect of it plays a part in how we worship the Lord Jesus Christ. We are, we are told that we must worship, as last week we looked at, in spirit and in truth. But worship is an act not of a voice or of actions physically, but as an action of the heart, of what truly is what is inside of every single one of us. And so that is different depending on who you are. And differing worship uh, aspects of it are brought out in a worship service. You do not want me to sing, but I sing. Because I don't sing for you, I sing for Jesus. And today, you don't come here because Clifford Baptist Church has been your home forever. My prayer is this, is that you are here to worship Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is the reason that you are here. It is the reason that we pray. It is the reason that we sing. It is the reason that we gather together in this place. Now, as we think about the importance of that, we can see throughout Scripture how important worship was to God Almighty. In Acts chapter number 16, how did Paul and Silas worship in a jail cell? You say, you can't worship in jail. I beg to differ. The Bible tells me different. Paul and Silas from a jail cell worshipped in song and prayer as they prayed. And Jesus showed up in that worship service. I'm grateful to read about the widow. Anybody in here say, I'm too old to worship? No, the widow showed up with two mites, with all that she had, and she worshiped because she laid them before the throne. She gave her all in worship of the Lord Jesus Christ. We read about the great story in 1 Kings chapter number 18 about Elijah and the prophets on Mount Carmel. 
And we love to read that story on how God defeated the prophets. I want to remind you today, you serve the same God. And sometimes we show up to a worship service not believing that God is there. What if Elijah went on that mountain knowing God would not show up? What if he told them to douse the altar in water and knowing God would not show up? Believing in his heart God would not do it. God would not have showed up. Today, I don't know how you approach worship, but I approach worship knowing, number one, God is here. And number two, that I am here not to the benefit of anyone else, but to give my worship to the Lord Jesus Christ. I grew up in a little church in the same community, not 10 miles from Clifford Baptist Church. Different denomination across the door. Grew up in the Methodist church. I'm not proud to say that these days. But I do keep in touch with what's going on in the Methodist church. But in that little church, the pastor often started a service with a call to worship. And sometimes we forget how important worship is. We come in and maybe we come in with a wrong attitude. Or we come in with our mind focused on something that's going on later in the day. And we miss worship because we're not called and we're not prepared to worship i'm guilty as anybody i don't know how many services i missed as a young christian because i was tuned out of things that were going on later in the day i also want you to know today you did not slide into a worship service to see a performance you did not slide into a worship service to see somebody else worship you bring a piece and a part to this service And my prayer is this, as you showed up today, that your heart is prepared. So today, here is the message, a call that when we gather together as the people of God, we are gathered to worship Jesus Christ, our Lord. There is no other reason that we gather together and that worship Jesus Christ. So I'm going to do something. I'm going to do something that I normally don't do. And I'm going to ask that you stand to your feet. Our focal verse of the day from Hebrews chapter number 10, verse number 22, it is going to be on the screen. And I want to use this verse today as a call for our hearts and our lives just to focus one minute together on worship. Here's what I want us to do. Can we say this one verse on the screen together as we gather in worship today? Let us draw near With a true heart and full assurance of faith. Having our hearts sprinkled from evil conscience. And our bodies washed with pure water. Now here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to ask you to say it one more time like we mean it. You got warmed up. Listen to the words that you're saying. Concentrate right now. Let's say them together. Let us draw near with a true heart and full assurance of faith. Having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us pray. Father, today as we gather in your presence, Lord, we thank you that you draw near to your people. Lord, I pray in only the way that you can, Lord, the Holy Spirit would move now. Lord, that you would draw our attention upon you, upon your word, upon worship of you and who you really are in our life. Lord, thank you that with our mouth we can proclaim you as Savior. Lord, we pray that our lives day by day do the same. 
God, guide us now as we lift up the name of Jesus in this place. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. The idea of how you approach God matters. And the idea of how I approach God matters. I believe how we approach worship collectively as a group of people matters. Every heart in this place, and I've said this throughout the past couple of weeks, should be prepared for worship. It's not just my job to be prepared or the choir's job to be prepared. It's everyone's job to be prepared to worship together. So with that said, let's go to God's Word. Hebrews chapter number 10. Let's look at verses 19 through 21. God's Word says this. Having therefore, brethren, boldness to enter into the holiest by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way which He hath consecrated for us through the veil, that is to say, His flesh, and having an high priest over the house of God. The first point that I want to make today, you'll get five of them today very quickly. I will want to say that. You'll get five points about a call to worship today. Point number one is that we must have the boldness to worship. The boldness to worship. We have a group here in Hebrews of first century Christians who are the recipients of this letter. And they had the understanding of the Old Testament way of worship. The temple worship. And that temple worship included a high priest that would enter the holiest place in the temple called the Holy of Holies. And in this place, one time a year, the high priest would enter to make a sacrifice for the sins of all the people. Now it's amazing, if you do research, I'm not going to give you all the history behind it, but it's amazing the fear that this high priest had as he entered the presence of God. It was so much so that often, one time a year, they would tie a rope around his leg in case something happened while he was in there because they couldn't go in there with him that they could drag him out. No one, no one, no one would enter the holiest place but one man. And that was the high priest. When we think about the boldness to do that, and putting this message together, I'm I'm sitting there writing, I'm so glad that I wasn't him. But then I thought on and said, well, there are a bunch of people looking at me on Sunday morning, so here we are. I'm not your worship. Clifford Baptist Church is not your worship. Jesus Christ is our worship. When we think about the boldness to enter the holy place of God, the reason that this man could go there was because he carried animal blood. And with that animal blood, it was the sacrifice for the payment of sin. But I want you to know there was no amount of animal blood that would allow a normal person to enter the holy place. Only the high priest. And I'm grateful today. Hebrews chapter 10, verse number 19 says this. Having therefore, brethren, boldness to enter into the holiest by the blood of Jesus. 
the one way that we can enter worship to a holy God, a holy place today, is because Jesus Christ shed his blood for our sin. If we can't say thank you, Jesus, for that, something's wrong. Today, you enter a holy place, a holy act of worship. And not because you can, or not because you dress nice, or not because you got up early, or not because you're a member. It's because Jesus paid the price. How many of us take advantage of the boldness that is given to us, the opportunity to enter the holy place before a holy God? And I'm going to step out and say this. We don't enter as often as we should. The high priest entered the holiest place one time a year. And on that, in, that, in that holy place was so much to do with the, with the person of God. I walk into this place. I get the opportunity to walk into this room most any day that I want to. The church doors are unlocked every day of the week. And one hour is good enough. One hour is good enough. I'm guilty. Now you don't have to come to church to worship. But I'm asking you this. The boldness has been given. The opportunity has been given to every one of us. To worship a living Savior in Jesus Christ. How many of us are taking advantage of the boldness and the sacrifice of Christ to worship Him? We have an open invitation. And that open invitation is extended through the blood of Jesus Christ to come and to worship. So friends, today, I want to charge us as Christians to a new and living way. A way that should be bold about our faith. Look at verse number 20. By a new and living way which He hath consecrated for us through the veil, that is to say, His flesh. How many of you know, we sung about it today in one of the songs, one of the greatest things that happened as Jesus died on the cross. What happened in the temple? What happened to the veil in the temple? It tore. It tore, giving access to anyone who believes to a holy God. Friends, today, when we think about a call to worship, I want to talk to you about a boldness that is willing to. To come and worship. The second point. Look at verse number 22. Let us draw near with a true heart. In full assurance of faith. Having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience. And our bodies washed with pure water. Point number two today. Is that we need to draw near to God in worship. When we think about a worship service, maybe you think I'm going to sit with a group that I always sit with because we always sit with the same people, right? Maybe you say, I'm going to see friends or we're going to learn about the Bible. Here's the mindset that I'm going to worship. I'm going to draw near to my God. And I think we've lost that a little bit. The first part of this verse speaks to the coming and to the Lord's presence when we look at verse number 22 let us draw near underline those four words when you drive to church or when you're on the way to church think of those four words i am drawing near to god today in a very 
real way. But today, when we think about drawing near to God, it's often on our own terms or how we want to do it. But it is our job to prepare. How is your heart prepared for worship? There have been some Sundays, I'm going to confess before you and before God, that I've showed up tired. And on those tired days, I've worked, I, this is while I was working, I worked all night, I worked through the night, I did not go to bed, I stayed up for church, and you probably know about that, those Sundays, okay? I had the glazed look on my face, and I was here in spirit. But here's what I want you to know. On those days, I feel like God dealt with me better or more than any other days. Because I was at the end of my rope. I was at the end of myself. I want you to know that worship starts with the preparation of your heart. Of your heart. Our hearts must be sincere. Our, must, our hearts must hold on to Christ as we enter into this holy place. One of the biggest dangers of worship and worshiping God is, guess what? It's not a bad heart, but a wandering mind. A wandering mind is detrimental to worship. But how we enter worship matters. I've entered worship services before. Y'all don't tell Pastor Mike this. Wishing it to be over. Wanting lunch to hurry up and get here because my stomach was growling. Or maybe because I had afternoon plans. And on those Sundays, listen to me, I missed worship. On those Sundays, I didn't worship. I showed up, I looked like I was, I was in my spot, I sang the songs, but I missed what God had for me. Verse number 22, let us draw near with a true heart and full assurance of faith. The second thing after a true heart is that we must worship in full assurance of faith. Now remember, this, these people, the Hebrew people, hold on to tradition, to Old Testament ritual to systems that they have known for so long. But faith must rest fully on the work of Christ and Christ alone. Anybody agree? Faith must work on what Christ has already done. Not anything that you can do to make it better. Nothing that we do. Nothing that we do can get us into the presence of God. And sometimes I think the more I read or the more I study or the better I do or the, the more I obey, I can worship God better. No. The more I trust in Jesus, the better my worship is. Today, the worshiper must come with boldness, but they also must come knowing that through Christ and Christ alone, we are able to be here together today. There's no other reason. The third point today also comes from verse number 22. It says this, Having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. I don't know what your thoughts are on a conscience. And I'm not here to debate that today. But I think God uses our conscience. Okay? But here we are told 
that our hearts should be sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Point number three, worship must be pure. Worship must be pure. What do I mean by that? Friends, we can show up and we can be dressed apart and we can look apart. We can sing. And in God's eyes, God is the judge of our worship. I'm so thankful that you don't have to judge my worship. You may see it. You may witness it. But you're not the judge of my worship. Jesus Christ is. And hopefully if you stand beside me, you'll know, hey, Pastor Jeffrey doesn't sound too good. That's okay. Because in the Lord's ears, I pray He hears the desire of my heart to worship Him. What does it mean by pure worship? When we think about pure worship, it has to go back to the Old Testament way. The priest, before he entered the holiest place, the presence of God, had to go through multiple washings as he prepared himself to enter that special place, the Holy of Holies. The word used here, sprinkled and washed, is a picture of that Old Testament high priest being prepared to go into the holy place. These are not words of baptism. Listen to me. Some people look at this and say, oh, in verse number 22, our bodies washed with pure water. That must be mean baptism. No, absolutely not. What it means here is that as we enter worship, it must be pure. I think about a week. A week of vacation. A week filled with so much stuff. But I think about a week where in areas I failed God. And as I prepare to come in this place, my heart is heavy because I know I don't deserve it. I know I'm not worthy, but I know that Jesus Christ in His blood covers my sin. That's the only reason I can darken the door. Because if not, my shame would not allow me to even enter the room. Our worship must be pure just like that. In preparation for the presence of God, we must be pure as we enter into His presence. Now you may say, nobody here is perfect. I agree. Not one person is perfect. That's why I refute the argument of people not wanting to come to church. We're just a bunch of imperfect people trying to follow Jesus. Don't let that be an excuse of why you can't come to worship. Our lives, our lives should want a godly worship experience. I, I hate to use that word experience. But our God's, our, our bodies, our hearts should want that worship time with God. I, I, I'm hesitant to even mention this. But I hate, I hate missing Sunday morning. I'll, I'll, I'm a, don't hold me to this, okay? Once or twice a year, I might miss a Sunday morning, okay? But on those Sundays, it messes up the rest of the week. Do you ever feel like that? Do you ever feel like when I miss worship, I miss something? I miss what God has for me. My, my life seems to fall apart, and, and the week seems, and the wheels fall off the, the bus, and, and everything is going wrong. It's because I've neglected my time with God. Paul writes to a young preacher 
and 1 Timothy chapter number 1. And here's what he writes in verses 18, 19, and 20. He says this, This charge I commit unto thee, son Timothy, according to the prophecies which went before thee, that thou by them mightest war a good warfare. Now I underline that word in my Bible, warfare. Because as a young preacher, he needed to know he had a fight on his hands. He had a battle that he was entering. But in verse number 18, this charge, or excuse me, verse number 19, holding faith and a good conscience, which some having put away concerning faith, have made shipwreck. How do you interpret all of that? Well, here's the Jeffrey interpretation. Paul is telling Timothy this. You're entering into a hard season, a hard battle, a pastorate. A warfare is where you're going. And it's not going to be easy. But you must enter into it with faith and a good conscience. You see that word conscience, right? But he said, some have neglected or left. And their faith is now shipwrecked. When you neglect worship... Life becomes a shipwreck. And here's what I believe. A saved person, a person that believes in Christ as Savior, cannot miss worship. You might miss it for a week. You might miss it for two weeks. But you're not going to miss it week by week by week. Because your life becomes shipwrecked. It becomes a disaster. And here's what... Paul is saying in those words to Timothy, there were two in particular that had left the faith or that they had kicked out of the church because they were teaching false doctrine. Their lives had become shipwrecked. Friends, when we miss worship and when our worship is not pure and right, our lives tend to show that. It becomes a shipwreck before the world. And I'm afraid today people, non-Christians, focus on the shipwrecks instead of the Christians. Instead of coming to church. They'll, they'll focus on the shipwreck situation and say, that's why I don't go. Or look what happened there. Or why did God do that? And then they back away from the faith altogether. When we show up in worship with a pure heart. It's amazing what the Lord Jesus Christ will do. He'll do for you, but he'll also do for others collectively as we move to that realm. Look at verse number 23. Let us hold fast to the profession of our faith without wavering, for he is faithful that promise. Point number four today is worship should not Waver. Worship should not waver. Remember, as we think about the pull of these new Christians to go back to the old way of tradition, the message is this hold fast to the hope that Christ offers. And so many times we lose hold on the faith that when we first had it. How many of you remember when you first got saved? Raise your hand. That was probably, you think. Some of y'all think I'm, I'm on fire now. You ain't seen on fire. 
When Jesus saved Jeffrey, Amherst County knew it, okay? I was beating on doors telling people to come to church. And guess what? I'm ashamed to tell you I haven't beat on a door in a while. I went around all around Papa United Methodist Church saying, please come, please come, please come. I was a 15-year-old kid saying, please come. I sit here today. I've grown up a lot. And I still got a lot of growing to do. No amens there? Okay, thank you. I got a lot of growing to do. But here's what I want you to know. Our our worship should not waver. And the words that are used in verse number 23, look there. Let us hold fast to the profession of our faith. And the better translation, I'm not trying to step on anybody's toes here, is the better translation here is to hold on to the hope that we have. Friends, there have been some people that have wavered That are not worshiping with us anymore. Because they have let go of the hope that they have in Christ. The terminology here is that of an anchor. Now picture an anchor. Now if we were out fishing. The idea is this. Fred Cox doesn't want anybody anchored near him if he's fishing. Okay. Because you're in his territory. But here's the idea. This morning, we're anchored in the same place. And that place is only one way. It's Jesus Christ. And the way that you worship in truth, and the way that you worship without wavering, is that you must be anchored in the hope that Jesus Christ offers. If you anchor your worship in a pastor or a person, they will fail you. If you anchor your hope, In a family name or tradition or a ritual, it will fail. But if you anchor your hope in Jesus Christ, you will not waver. Today, I want to encourage you, when you think about worship, hold fast to the hope that you have in Jesus Christ. Hold fast and anchor your hope around. Now, here's what I want you to do. Look around. Look around real quick, front, beside. If you're in the balcony, look over real quick. Look over, look down here. Every one of us should be anchored in Jesus Christ. And from that is where our worship springs from. I'm going to remind you of this verse, 23. Let us hold fast to the profession of our faith without wavering, for he is faithful that promised. It's not that you are faithful. The only reason you can anchor your hope and your faith in Jesus is because he is faithful. That's why you plant your anchor there. So that's the encouragement today. Last point from verses 24 and 25. And let us consider one another to provoke unto love and to good works. Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is. But exhorting one another and so much the more as you see the day approaching. Point number five in the call to worship today is that you must worship with others. 
You must worship with others. Now, there are some that will watch this, and I may get comments or emails, but I'm going to say it. I believe that you must worship with a body of believers called the church. I believe that is the design that is taught in this scripture. Now, you can worship outside of the doors. You can worship in the tree stand. You can worship on the lake. You can worship on vacation. You can worship in many different places. But that never takes the place of a collective worship where everybody is anchored together in Jesus Christ. But here's the idea behind these verses. And the idea is this. The reason that you worship together is that each person brings something to the worship service. That idea is not far-fetched. Worship can't be selfish. It must look for fellowship with others. And we, when we worship together, we stir up one another to the good works, as the Scripture says uh, verse number uh, 24, let us consider one another to provoke unto love and to good works. Being with you stirs my love not only for a Savior, but for other people. Being with you allows me to see the needs within this body of believers and stirs me to the good works that we can do together. But also, in verse number 25, that we cannot forsake the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is. Here is the warning. There are some that have neglected it. There are some that have walked away. There are some that are not worshiping with the body anymore. And to those people, we need, we need to reach out to we certainly don't write them off. But here is my question as I close this sermon today. Is there somebody that should be worshiping with you? Is there somebody that should be worshiping with you? I grew up in a home that I'm so thankful that my mother took me to church. And it took a while for, our, for my stepdad to join. But he eventually did when I was in my teenage years. So many times throughout our life, I heard people pray that he would come and worship. Maybe there's somebody missing. They're missing beside you today. Maybe they're connected to you. Maybe they're a friend. Maybe they're a family. Maybe they're a fellow Christian. Maybe there's somebody that you know that should be here today. What is your job? What is your job? Here's your job. Your job is not to go beat them and make them come. Your job is not to twist their arm. Here's your job. Your jo job is to extend the hand of Jesus and say, come and worship with me. Because you're anchored in Jesus Christ, you can extend that. And you extend it in love, not forcefully, not demanding, but in love, you extend the arm of worship. Today, why does worship matter? Worship matters. Worship matters to me today because all across this county and all across this great state and all across this country on this day there should be people worshiping Jesus Christ and we have churches that are dying we have churches that are dying we have a world that is dying
And if we don't extend the hand of Jesus, who will? Why does worship matter? It matters for what you bring to it from your heart. It matters because there's something always that Christ wants to give you. There's a blessing there. But worship matters today because it leads us into the holy presence of a holy God. Maybe today this will change how you view worship. My prayer today is it does. But and also that there are others around us that need the Lord. As I close this invitation, I want to offer an, an invitation to those people today. That maybe right now there's, there's a heart that's not ready for worship. Maybe there's a life or maybe there's someone that you want to pray for. Here's what I, here's what I ask. You can pray in your seat. Do that. Please do that. But if there's somebody that you want to take before the throne, bring them to the altar of God. Maybe today there's somebody in this room that doesn't have Jesus Christ as Savior. Today, here's what I want to tell you. If you're not anchored to the Savior, it's hard to worship. You're going to drift through life and you'll, you'll make it. You'll get through life, but you'll make it without the hope that Christ gives. Is there somebody today that's been putting off or pushing away Jesus and that opportunity to make a life-changing decision to follow? Today, if that's you, I want to invite you to the Savior to come because He went to a cruel cross for the opportunity for us to worship Him today and forevermore. The first part of worship is knowing who you worship. Today, if you need Jesus Christ as Savior, you come. May we pray together? Father God, Lord, thank you. Thank you for this very important time this morning. And Lord, as we think about worship and lifting up Christ in this place, we always want to make it go right and we, we want it to be perfect. Lord, I pray, Lord, right now that your Holy Spirit would filter out the mistakes through my mouth and my tongue. Lord, maybe right now, Lord, the Holy Spirit would move in such a way that draws one to Himself. God, if you could use a stammering tongue and a, a group of hymns and some prayers as we lift them to you in worship, God, you can use my mouth to extend the invitation to Christ as Savior. Lord, if there's somebody here in this room that needs Jesus today and in some way, God, I pray that they will come and do business with you now. Lord, as believers, I pray right now that you would be the judge of our worship. You would be the judge of our heart. Maybe some of us would want to hit the redo button on today if we had to, knowing that we stand before you and you're the judge of our worship. Lord, let us hit that redo button now, Lord, by falling before you. Saying, forgive me of worship that is impure. Lord, as we come before you now, I pray that your Holy Spirit would leave this moment of invitation. Draw people to you, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Clifford Baptist Church invites you to join us for worship every Sunday morning at 11 a.m. For more information about our church, please call our church office at 434-946-0555.